Well, because I don't really have anything bad to say about wrestling anymore. Like, yeah, I don't really pay that much attention to. I don't pay that much attention to Raw. Yeah. So, at this point, it's kind of just like they're trying the best they can. They're doing what they can with what they got. We we don't need to keep going in on them. (laughs) It's like WWE still exists. Good enough. Good enough. You know what? You guys are still going and you're trying. We're proud of you. Welcome to Fight Boys, show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I am your host, the returning hero, Scotty Moore. I am uh, I am uncomfortable with that claim, the Dylan. <laughs> and we've and Blake's gone because apparently this is just a two-person show from now on. It's just gonna be <laughs> We're a just rota- gonna rotate. It's fine. <laughs> it's a rotating it's cast. That way, people can skip the ones where the one of us they don't like is isn't is uh, isn't there. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Or if they don't like you, then they can just listen to that one last week, and that'll be it. Mm-hmm. Um. Well. Man, I just watched Matt Riddle versus Tim Thatcher, and bud, that's all I want to talk about today, because Matt Riddle won me over in the course of one fucking match. Because that well, with was... His, with, it, it, yeah, so, just so you know, there was a whole promotion based on that. <laughs> yeah. In the 90s. The, it, it, there wasn't a cage, but, uh, what was it? Uh, FMW, Frontier Martial Wrestling? Uh, where Suzuki started, I think. Like, that was their whole thing. It was all work, shoot, wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Timothy Thatcher might be the single most frightening man on the on the WWE roster at this point. Like, yeah, Brock's big, but, like... The fact, the fact that he couldn't get booked in Japan still baffles me. Wait, how? What? How? I don't know. That was part of the thing he said is he said he wanted to go work in Japan, but nobody would book him. That was part of why he went to WWE. That's ridiculous. Like, the man, and I don't know if this was shoot or not, but the man lost two teeth at the beginning of the match. And, like, that was- I think that's shoot. I really feel like neither one of them is a poor enough worker to, knock to have out that happen. Teeth, yeah. But even still, that match- I mean, did he smile at one point? You could see where they were going- uh, they were, like, knocked in. Like, you remember when Cesaro had the teeth shoved into his gums? It was similar to that, but Kurt had, like, two teeth in his hands. So I have no idea what it yeah, is. Yeah, that, 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 that probably, that probably was a work. Uh, I did see the, the sweet, uh, callback wall run kick off the cage. That was cool. Oh. Oh, yeah. Matt was having fun with the cage. Just any moment where he could run at the cage and jump off it Matrix style, Matt would do it. He would take it. And I do like that they did the not a dumb, like, because one of my least favorite tropes is, like, when the baby face is in, like, a headlock and drops onto their back, implying that, like, oh, I, I hurt him so much that they let go. Yeah, but you're still right there. So Matt does that. He literally, Matt gets probably four feet off the ground on this jump, falls on his back. Thatcher lays out for a moment and then goes, oh, wait, still here, reaches up and then chokes out Matt. And Matt was purple. It was so good to end that match. 
I mean, that's a level of trust there where he's like, listen, I know you know how to legitimately apply a sleeper hold. Like, just do it. Count the, like, nine seconds it takes for someone to fully pass out and then let me go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that was good. And then I Riddle got interviewed on The Bump yesterday, and the only news to come of, out of that was the fact that they showed him that really cringy video of him and Goldberg at SummerSlam, where Goldberg uh, had one thing to say and one thing to say only, and it's, I'm not your bro, friend. And Matt's like, I'm not your friend, bro. Uh, yeah, it was that. And then Matt immediately healed off on it. He was just like, yeah, man, I... Uh, you know, I've got a certain way I like to think you need to work. Like, you know, I wake up every day and I work and I make sure I've got the the skills to go all the way in the ring. And, you know, me and Bill just don't agree on that. So, uh, agree to disagree, I guess. And it just reminded me of, like, why haven't they turned him yet? Why, I guess it's just because, like, he's got a chill attitude. Most of their, uh, uh, most fans would be like, that guy's cool. But, like, he'd be so <laughs> good. I think it's a thing where, like, that level of, uh, not pettiness, but that level of, like, just... Arrogance? Like, yeah, not, yeah, arrogance, almost passive-aggressive heelness. They're like, that's not enough. That's not in your face enough to be a heel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, he'll work... He's tweener at this point. He's not even a bit... He's tweener. He's full tweenering this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, go argue with Will Ospreay about your bank account on Twitter and then come back to us about a heel turn, Matt. We'll figure it out. Because he's going to SmackDown, is what they're saying. And I would... Oh, you mean I get to see him work AJ? Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be... AJ wins. AJ wins IC title, and then Riddle is his first feud. That's probably going to be my pick of what happens. You mean I get to see him work with the Regal Eagle, the Legal Beagle, Drew Gulak? Oh, the returning Drew Gulak, yeah. The returning Drew... My my dreams for a gentlemen's club reunion shattered. Well, here's the thing. It, it's weird because, like, people are like, oh, if he resigns, they're probably going to resign Maverick, too. Which they probably are, given the fact that they took him all the way to the finals of the tournament and have built this great story with him. If they still him. fire him at this point, he at least has amazing, like, coverage. Oh, like, yeah. They're, they're, they're giving this man a 100% written ticket to go get money somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, why am I, like, happy Gulak resigned, and I would be very upset if they kept Maverick. And then I was like, oh, wait, because Gulak got, like, a cruiserweight title run. He had the fun PowerPoint gimmick for a while. Now he's with Daniel Bryan. Meanwhile, what has Drake Maverick done until they fired him? Exactly. I'd he was a run. really good. He was a really good commissioner for two hundred five. Yeah, but in the early days, that implies watching two hundred five live, which I was not about to do at all. Uh, and I did like him versus um, uh, Michael Michael Bennett. That was a good storyline between those two. Uh, from from what I understand, uh, El Fantasma or El Fantasma? Yes, El Hio de Fantasma. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the other person. So people are like, okay, this is where the Lucha Mafia storyline is going to come in finally. Yeah, yeah, And I was like, all right. I want... Still doesn't make any sense, but all right. Uh, fantasy booking style, what I would like to happen is have uh, Phantasma win, and then Maverick, they promote that Maverick is fired, and then do the John Cena comes back to attack Nexus, except it's Maverick as just this peppy little spitfuck going after all of the fucking um, mafia, just taking them all out one by one. His his homecoming, if he goes back to Impact, would be legendary. 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. Especially if he got Ethan with him, like both of those two together, it would go crazy. Yeah. Maybe even without Ethan, because I'm pretty sure he could just... Pretty sure he could go... And, like, especially with Callus and, uh, I forget who, the, the other person running it, like, doing that now, they'd be like, yeah, no, no, this is, this is, Jimmy Jacobs is there? Oh, him and Jimmy Jacobs working together? Yeah, good yeah, stuff. yeah. It is Scott DeMore, isn't that the other guy? Yeah, Scott DeMore, yeah. Scott DeMore's got a good, good mind for the, for the business. You're right, Scotty Moore Despite does Despite working with mind. Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of, uh, released talent, fucking fuck the rest, baby, FTR is here! They are ready to go! And I like the way they brought them in, because they could have easily just been like, uh, we attack the Bucks, and that's the storyline. Instead, it is keep those two, those four away from each other for as long as possible, and then put it on a pay-per-view. And those buys will skyrocket just to see that match finally happen. Watch it, watch it shit the bed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is my worry, but like... My hype, ever ever since the AJ Nakamura WrestleMania match, I trust no amount of hype. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, for me, I I, I was worried because I'm like, they're kind of more, not technical, but, like, brawlers, and then you've got high flyers with that work, and then I remembered all of the Red Dragon versus Young Bucks matches, and I'm like, oh, that's right, they can work with anybody in any style ever. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. As long as the hype doesn't get back to them, it'll be good. I'm sad they kept their names of Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood, but whatever. I love them so... It's such a good, terrible name. I love how good and bad those names are. There. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, we talked about Riddle. Oh, yeah. Congratulations on your TBH pick, because, uh, you, you got the best fucking TBH pick of all time when fucking Cage stepped through. Managed by Taz. In other words, the most deadly duo in all of AEW. I was, I was with a lot of people, like, like, Brian Cage can cut a fucking promo. Yeah. Like, you saw it in Lucha Underground, you saw it when he was in Impact. Like, he can do it. He, like, he didn't need Taz. But then I saw Taz's promo on Moxley this week where he used his line for it. Uh, what, what was it? Like, survive if you can. Or no, it's something if you can't survive if he lets you. Yeah. Yeah, that Win was if you pre- can, survive if he lets you. That's right. Uh and honestly, and I like, think mm. I think AEW's kind of got a hard on for managers. Like anybody. Like I didn't think Cody needed Arn, and Cody still does not need Arn, as evidenced by the promo he cut this week. So now Arn's just kind of like a friend who gets to come out well, to the ring. He, for him. If, like Arn's in the been pushed back to like a, he's in the background now like he's uh advising it's like ddp like like qt marshall now uses the diamond cutter it's oh, the same yeah. thing we're like they're like the, the nightmare family isn't all in your face it's like this weird syndicate organization it's like the t- it's like tiny tunes academy you've got the, the professor and then you've got the student underneath it yeah uh the so natural that- the natural nightmares is this weird combination of like Old enough. So, like, QT Marshall's being built up as, like, this, like, okay, he's the guy, like, coming up, learning, and I'm like, isn't QT Marshall in his 30s? Isn't <laughs> yeah. he? Exactly. Hasn't he been doing this for a while? Uh, oh, by the way, speaking of them, oh, bud, that match, uh, Cody versus uh, old murder Hawk, Hawk Lance Archer, it's, 
It's not that it was bad. It just suffered from, like, you brought it up a few weeks ago. Cody overproduces his matches too much. And I'd never really seen it until this one. Because every... Really? The MJF one wasn't enough for you? That was alright. It wasn't as bad as this one for, like, how many spots? You mean the six six run-ins and, like, the eight? yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The eight interactions, and, like, Mike Tyson had to save his ass, and then he mm-hmm. had to hit two crossroads, which at least it took two, but... Right. I will say, there was, like, a five-minute period where they just did what they're supposed to do, and that's wrestle, and in that, they built up Lance to be an absolute monster, Cody was definitely a sympathetic babyface, but, like, first thing he does when he gets in the ring is Lance grabs... I don't know who. I looked down at my phone. I looked up. There's just a random dude in the ring getting choke slammed from Lance. First thing he does in the match is hit a blackout on Cody, and Cody just rolls to the outside. And we're like, okay, that's cool. So then match begins, and then the ending happens. And it consists of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Walk me. Walk. Actually, here. I knew I knew about the blackout. Just walk me through this match. So it's bla- blackout... Then five minutes of wrestling. Yes. Uh, Lance is doing his walk the ropes thing. Arn gets up and slips him out. So now he crotches himself on the top rope. Ref sees it. Ref goes, you know what? You're out of here. And I'm like, that's it's like a fucking, oh God, what's the, what's the comedian's name? You know what? That seems fair. Yeah, that, that seems appropriate actually. So now Arn leaps. Yeah, Jim Jeffers. And then, so now Arn's out, but then Jake is out too for some reason? He kicks Jake out? Because Jake had interfered a little bit, but not enough to, like, get kicked out of the match. And then Jake just starts walking immediately. It's not like Jake went to the back, they wrestle a few more, like five more minutes, and then Jake returns. No, it's Jake walks out, Cody turns to look, and then Jake comes back with the snake in the bag. Then Mike Tyson, a man who was visibly yawning earlier in the match, is like, I guess it's my time to do something, and then gets up on the uh, gets up on the ramp and just takes his shirt off and starts screaming at Jake. Jake's like, oh no. So now all of this has happened. By so the way, Mike Tyson in ridiculous shape. Yeah, oh, um, absolute maniac. And so then he gets back to the ring, and Lance is like, oh, I'm going to get my comeback. Goes for the blackout. Cody reverses into a crossroads. And then picks him back up, hits a second crossroads, and then pins him one, two, three. And I understand, I guess it's the theater major in me that was like, rule of threes, man. Should have hit that third crossroads. But it was just so much shit piling on top of one another that I think they were trying to make a huge moment. But since there wasn't a crowd around them to rise up as each individual level happened, it just blowed out and seemed really weird. Why did Arn Anderson interfere in the match if Cody's a babyface? Because Arn and because because fuck you, buddy. I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna make sure my boy wins that ugly ass fucking fruit strop title. Uh, yeah. But then Cody at least he cut a at least he cut a decent promo. Copy same exact thing I was about to say. He came back. I watched it last night, like right before I was about to leave the office, and I was like. Oh, that's right. Cody is fucking amazing. It's just once he actually wrestles. No, no, no. Cody is Cody cuts a great pro. Cody is a great talker. Cody can get you invested in a match. Cody should not have creative control over that match. Yeah, 
I'm pretty sure. So I have a theory. Okay. Um, my theory is that the reason why the match at last year's Double or Nothing was so good is that Dustin is one of the few people that will tell Cody to shut the fuck up <laughs> and he'll listen. Yeah. Because he's family. That's my only, that's the only thing I've got. Because like MJF can't, MJF is new in the, uh, is like, you know, he hasn't paid his due. Archer just got there. Yeah. And if like Arn's backing him is like a good idea, you're gonna fucking like yell at that. I don't care if you have Jake in your corner. Like. Exactly. Um, and then I guess like Jericho was just like, you know what? You seem smart. Let's go, boy. Let's see what you can do. Because, I mean, the build-up to that match was Cody straight up being like, I want to prove that I belong on the same level as him. So I guess Jericho was like, prove it. Book the match. See what happens, fucker. I'm going to go out here with the Young Bucks and go tear it down in the middle of an abandoned football arena. Let's go. The, uh... He, then he ha- issued an open challenge for the belt. And, like, I know it's it's been happening for years, but ever since John Cena, the open challenge has kind of been ruined as a concept for me. The man says the man who is currently doing an open challenge angle in JWF. Uh, but yeah, I like it. I like it in a company when there's a lot of, like, stuff happening. Like, right now when they're... That's true possibly going to be hiring a lot of people and bringing them in yes back when john originally did it and it was a rare thing to see an nxt talent come up it was a great thing but if it's if if it's just hey every week uh qt marshall is going to come out here and i'm gonna fight him or i'm gonna fight darby like i don't i don't feel it as much it's it's a way to bring maybe if he fought like ortiz or santana yeah that'd be fun it's a way to get dream matches out of the way, like, or even beyond that, like, matches you wouldn't expect to be a dream match, but are. Uh, also, FMA does bring up, speaking of Dustin Rhodes, how about that match with Sean Spears? I think Dustin has a new thing where every match, he just has to be a pervert for a little bit, because this The whole, gold dust has gotten to him. The gold dust, he snorted it before this match, because, like, firstly, he had the match against, um... Uh, Hager, where he just decides to make out with Hager's wife on live television, which was very gross. And then there was this one where Sean is coming out and being like, hey, fight me. Come on, come on. You're supposed to be retired. Ha ha. And he's playing the perfect shit heel. He is being an excellent shit heel. So much so that I'm like, I get why they put him with Tully. He is the next new Tully. It's fantastic. But then instead of, like, putting a real ass-whooping on him, Dustin just decides to strip Sean Spears for a match. And it was real weird. It was, like, it was, there was match stuff that happened, but no, it was just enough for Dustin to be like, I am still here and I'm still wrestling. I'm like, mm, okay. On, on the side, baby faces kissing, like, people's girlfriends or wives is a creepy heel move. Yes. Sexually like, assaulting, assaulting a woman? someone, yeah. So, because that happened on Dark, where Jungle Boy was uh, wrestling against Peter Avalon, and um, Leva Bates got knocked onto, like, you know how uh, Luchasaurus will carry Jungle Boy? Like, she got knocked in that, and then freaking Marco Stunt got on the ring apron and, like, made out with her. Oh, God. Oh, and I was uh, just like, everything about that is, is horrifying. My favorite thing is Taz was like, was that his first kiss? <laughs> Uh, oh, that was yeah. the only good thing to come out of it. 
the uh, speaking of coming out, once he got stripped down to just his underwear, it did look it did look like his dick was out the whole time. So everyone was just like, "Why is his dick out?" And then finally they zoom in. He just has a small. Honestly, it looked like it was just taped on their picture of Tully Anderson. And I was just like, what the... F- what? Why? <laughs> Why? I don't... I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. I, yeah, it's it's too much. It was... Because at first I was like, oh, he's being the shitty little heel. And Dustin has to take care of him. That's fun. But then they pushed it a little too far by putting Tully on his dick. Quite literally. By the way, uh, uh, no, that, no, that was because uh, Dark has continued to be good. Two, two things from, from Dark, or after last night. One, uh, they brought in a guy, Lee, Lee Johnson, who has to be getting side because this man has wrestled nine matches. He has lost every one of him, them. He is four losses behind Avalon and freaking Cutler. So and those guys got to get their wins in so that guy can be the new worst wrestler in AEW because he's working every week. I was going to say, I think he lost to Cage on Dynamite, too. Yeah, I so he's 0-9. They- yeah, holy shit. Um, oh, well, quick WWE news, and this is more just an opinion section. The hacker thing's gone too far, right? Like, it's they should have paid that off back at Money in the Bank. I'm not the only one thinking this, right? I think it's because they didn't have their full roster. Yeah, because for me, so I like was just... now, now that, like, the, like, Florida has loosened it all up, now they'll probably do it. Yeah. Because I, I read, I, I think it was on Wrestling Inc., they're like, Mystery Hacker, new info. And I'm like, this is still fucking go. It's like the raw ge- anonymous general manager thing. I don't think they have a plan. Because I think the internet, I think what they want to do is a surprise. And the internet keeps figuring it out. And so now they're like, we can't do it anymore. We can't have it to be Ali. What if it's a group? What if Ali has a group? Oh, fuck. They figured out it's a group. Um, Xavier? They figured out, they did a lot of work to figure out it was Xavier. Fuck, okay, I got nothing. Let's just keep doing it for a while until we can re-sign Hornswoggle, and then we'll just have that great payoff. Uh, so that happened. Uh, oh, this was very good, and it's just a small story, but Heath Slater did an interview, and he was talking about the plane ride from hell, where they got stuck in Saudi Arabia for so long. Mm-hmm. And I read the headline, I'm like, oh great, I'm gonna get some juicy details here. Here are the details. Heath Slater fell asleep on the fucking plane and five hours later woke up and said, Hey man, where are we? We're still here. That's it. That's the whole story. He was like, yeah, and they took us to a hotel and they said, uh, everyone was asking if we were uncomfortable. Fuck no, I'm in a hotel. (laughs) Okay, Heath, got you. He's going to be a great NWA champion. It's the most Heath Slater story of all time. Oh, by the way, have you been watching uh, Carnyland from NWA? No, dude. If I haven't been watching their actual programming, what? Be, I, by the, I had all the time in the world for that. I completely forgot that existed. I could have just fucking binged that in a day. It's uh, Carnyland was very good because it's just it's Carney bullshit. It's like all this telling stories of like I went and worked a show in Tennessee, and then the promoter refused to pay for the hotel room, and then went through like a whole story about that. Then uh, I think it was. Was it Allison? I can't remember who it was. Taught a class on how to cut a generic promo, and it was ridiculous. And then they're just doing a bunch of other shows. Like, Eli Drake has a podcast now. Uh, Aldis is doing a podcast with them now. It's just a fuck ton of random shit that NWA's wanting to do. Does he still... Have you watched it? Does he still do the Eli Drake? Um, 
I, th- I think so. Like, I think he does it in the ring. Yeah. He doesn't have to do the dummy yeah anymore, but, like, that E lie, that was the best. That's you're not money. cool because you're cheering for me. Yeah, ah, exactly. Mmm. Was... He was... He is one of my favorite. Like, as far as, like, impact, dark dark side of impact, dark times, uh, Eli, Eli Drake was probably one of my shining stars during that time. <laughs> dark, dark side of impact when we used to go. <laughs> yeah. Back when it ran at Dylan's workplace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, oh, man. I we assume... got in for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I assume you've you've watched this week's BTE, which had the greatest no, camp. No, no. I, I, I t- ever since 200, it's been so hard to get through them. Because yeah. they're, like, like there's no real story I care about. Like, they were like, yeah. Like, for the one last week, like, yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, a lot of it's Paige just out in the wilderness. And I was like... I, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I, well, I that's don't. the problem, is the fact that now that they can do storylines on an actual show, they can't do it on BTN anymore. Like, they don't have to, like, for a while, they were promoting, like, the Cody versus Kenny matches and shit like that. Now that all that's taken care of on AEW, they're kind of floundering. But I will say it had the greatest ending of all time, which was Paige came into the hotel room and was talking to the Bucks ahead of their, their match. And he goes, look... The the inner circle, their tight unit, we're kind of we're kind of floundering right now. We gotta get back together. We need to be a circle. And the Bucks go, what? Like getting a circle? Yeah, like getting a circle, like a football huddle. It's gonna be a football field. So they all do that. And then Matt looks up. He's like, man, if only there was like one thing that could help us right now, like one thing that could just walk through that door and save us. And then. Fucking <laughs> Marty Skrull just pimps into the door. He's in a face mask, and then he just takes off the mask. He's like, guys, I'm back! And Matt and Nick are like, hey, yeah, just leave the steak over there, Mark. What? No! And their eyes are closed, and Marty's trying his best to get them to, to let him into the match. And Hangman's like, this isn't even my room, man. Just go down a few floors. And then uh, finally Marty gets fed up and leaves, and then you hear Cutler behind the camera just go... You guys are fucking idiots. And that's the end of the episode. It was the best ending to a BTE in so long. I miss Marty every day. I miss Marty he, so he has much. His, he has his own channel, and I kind of want to go back through it. Yeah. Because he's very creative. But I am sad that he never went back to full, like, evil the villain. Yeah. I don't think he can at this point. Especially now that he's like... They're now publicly being like, yeah, Marty is the booker. Because they're doing the whole hire Danhausen thing. Like, if they're if Ring of Honor's going to hire Danhausen or not. And so it is nothing but Danhausen calling Marty. And being like, please hire me, sir. He just has to beat the shit out of somebody. Who, that Marty? That's how he did it the first time. Yeah, so you remember... I forget. I feel so bad. I forget his name. There was the British wrestler uh, who was friends with everybody. But he unfortunately passed away from uh, a relapse of cancer. Before uh, he relapsed, I, I can't remember his name for the life of me. And I feel bad, too, because, like, freaking Will Ospreay during his first match in New Japan had, like, like wore his, the guy's colors, like, pink and pink and black and, like, had, like, a tribute on it. It's not... I can't remember. Um, this was a while back. Okay, yeah, if this was a while back, it's not the person I'm thinking of. Yeah, but before that happened, when he had first gotten back and people weren't buying Marty as the villain and they were like, he's just dressing up, he's pretending... And then the guy came back, and Marty beat the living shit out of him with an umbrella, and that was what cemented him as a heel. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I they just could... need him to do that. He just needs to come out and beat the shit out of Danhausen. Yeah, it would be a full-on, like, Danhausen has been hired, he wants to join Villain Enterprises, comes out to the ring that Villain Enterprises beats the living shit out of him. And that would be the no, storyline. No, just, just Marty. He doesn't need the other two. Just Marty. Oh, other three. There are three now. Flip join them. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> the other I pretend two. pretend he's not there. <laughs> yeah. But some people that I like to pretend are there are our patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS. That's the website where you can go and support us and get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X, our show where we talk about the history of some of our favorite moments in professional wrestling. Dylan's talked about Kenny Omega's junior run. I've talked about the summer of punk and Blake is hopefully going to do one on Daniel Bryan. We can only pray. Which, fun fact, Blake wasn't watching... During that Daniel Bryan stuff, so I'm very curious how he's doing this. Like, he's gonna have to, like, get the network for a few months. But if you want that, you can get it at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Who do we want to annoy? I feel bad annoying anybody these days. Right, like, it's rough. <laughs> is, is, is Dustwatch considered cyberbullying? <laughs> We'll get into that in a minute. I don't think it is because we're very positive with the exception of that one time. That we six started... month period of time where we negged him? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Maybe we just do anti-cyberbullying, just super positive. Super, super positive stuff to people? Okay. You want to, here, we could, we could, you just tweet something super positive at Dan Housen that we, we know he's going to get hired or some shit. Yo, Dan Housen, we can't wait for you to get hired by Ring of Honor Housen. Ring of Housen. <laughs> Ring of <laughs> While I do this, why don't you get into your heel of the week? Uh, sure. Uh, my heel of the week is, uh, I just say, say I, I, I can't even fully say JD and then a bunch of whatever bullshit. It's like JD from New York, some shit. Which, by the way, I was wondering why this name sound familiar. It's because last year, he was th- he tweeted this. What I really wanted to do in Las Vegas during StarCast was to get my show on the podcast movement stage with an all-star panel with a few of the creators in the community for an hour. I wasn't sure I was even going them. Now I am with media badges, and it's too late. And I was like, oh, no, it's okay, buddy. Anyway, I was trying to be very supportive. Now that I know he's a dick, I'm fucking mad I ever did it. I'm mad I did this. You never, listen, you you, you couldn't know. You didn't know. But yeah, no. <laughs> um, so this dude apparently has, like, a lot of Twitter followers, a lot of subscribers on, on YouTube. He decided that he was going to take a, not reasonable, but, like, a common stance, which is that, a professional wrestler isn't contributing. They're doing nothing like wrestling was. He was talking about Alexa Bliss and Bliss Cross. Saying, like, in the tag matches, Cross is carrying all the weight. He decided that the best analogy he could come up with that was someone dead fishing in bed. And he was very graphic about that. Did not link it like I did. I did a much better job than he did. Yeah. And, like, it's not even my rant. And like he it, said, okay, go on. And, and I quote, she does nothing. She does nothing. She's just, I guarantee you, she's one of those women that just lies there and takes it. Like, 
Why? Why would you ever think this was? A, he defended himself too because everybody in the WWE, like, and how tone deaf do you have to be after like the last few weeks, the last few years of cyberbullying that you're like, no, this is a good move. I'm reading the t- the temperature of the room right now. No, no, sir. Oh, I was hor. It was horrifying. My favorite quote is, of course, can you imagine being in bed with Alexa Bliss? At which point we all go, well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, but she performs the same way she does in the ring. And I'm like, firstly, don't connect like, that. Secondly. Like, like a multi-time champion? Yeah, I was like, look, Alexa. <laughs> I know there, it's very easy for a lot of people to like, Alexa doesn't put in work. I'm like, no, Alexa... Alexa, to me, reminds me of The Miz. Like, you remember when Miz was first starting off and he was very tentative? And so people would be like, The Miz is a terrible worker. No, he is. It's just a matter of, like, he don't want... She doesn't want to get hurt again. You gotta remember, Alexa was on the shelf the for, shelf like, a year. For like eight, nine months, yeah. Nine months to a year. And even... even the, She's still doing something. It's just she's not, like... She's not trying to kill herself in these empty... Empty match shows. I'm pretty sure once the crowds will be there, she'll be like, okay. But, like, fuck yeah. it, I wouldn't do it either. I mean, she hit Twisted Bliss off the top of one of the fucking expiration, er, elimination chamber pods. Like, she knows how to do it, but she's also aware, like, if I go too hard, I could go back on the shelf again. I have to get smarter about the way I work. <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, that happens to a lot of people. Uh, we do have to take a sad turn for my heel of the week, which is uh, more cyberbullying as a whole. And a uh, big rest in peace to Hanukkah Mora, who, of course, unfortunately passed away after so much cyberbullying. And it's it's ridiculous how much she had to suffer through. Because I didn't realize she was also on Tara's house. Because no, no, no. That, that was the whole reason why. That was yeah. why it came out of nowhere. I was just like, why? And then they told me, oh, it was a reality TV thing. And, like, I haven't liked reality house- TV. Tara's house was huge. Like, I know a lot of people who loved Tara's house because it was like a con. It was literally a reality TV show. There wasn't like a gimmick behind it. It was just six people hanging out in a house for a year. But they've slowly started to become more like not stylized, but like more more polarizing of like focusing on the stuff that'll get bigger ratings. And because of that, like uh, someone it someone who was close to Hana was talking about it, and they were like. Yeah, I was only on the show for a few weeks and I had to leave because of all of the hatred I was getting because of it. So it was absolutely ridiculous, the stuff she had to put up with. And having to remember that, like, dude, it's a reality TV show. Like, it's not that big of of a deal. Because, like, all my favorite reality TV shows, they have to deal with it. I've got people on those shows I don't like. It does not mean I go onto Twitter and tell them terrible things and like to hurt themselves because all those people want to do is entertain baron corbin wants to entertain you as much as you don't want to believe it and like uh i don't know if this was a note or what but this is apparently a note from kimura it says nearly a hundred frank opinions every day i could not deny that i was hurt I'm dead. Thank you for giving me a mother. It was a life I wanted to be loved. Thank you to everyone who supported me. I love it. I'm weak. I'm sorry. I don't want to be a human anymore. It was a life I wanted to be loved. Thank you, everyone. I love you. Bye. And I read that before we started recording. And I was like, I don't think I can do the show. <laughs> like, it took me down because she was an entertainer. Like, she was very much an athlete. She was a performer. And when it comes the to people. The thing is, is, 
she was she had also been doing it for years and she was like so loved like she's 20 she was 22 yeah she was and very like, young that many that many people came out of the the woods like to to like express themselves and how much they like cared cared about her and i'm sure all a lot of them feel terrible because this happened on like separate time table so like a lot of people woke up to this I woke up to this. Keep yeah, in mind, exactly. this happened like, right after Shad. And so I was already, that's, I'm not going to lie. Like that's half the reason I couldn't do the show last week is I was very like devastated because of the Shad news and then woke up to that the next day. And I was like, this, this is the worst week of wrestling Twitter ever. Like this is terrible. Yeah. But yeah, I, it's, it's annoying to like cyber bullies are such little assholes because the majority of them all, all they do is just want attention and as someone who has spent a lifetime and an entire college career paying on learning the right ways to get attention i'm furious at these guys yeah and it's it's brought out the worst in in everybody it, it brought out the worst obviously you know in that community and then it brought out the worst in the wrestling community because like then the shitty people from the wrestling community felt justified in being shitty to another community. And it's just, there's no, there's no winners. There's no winners. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's the same thing. Like I'm a big Disney guy. If no one knew that. And people in that community will be like, this is fucking ridiculous. Why are they putting a barbecue themed after Sam Eagle in the middle of Epcot and like get into massive screaming fights. And I'm like, you guys know this is a theme park for children, right? It's the same thing with wrestling. I'm like, it's dudes naked wrestling, like makeup wrestling. None of this has to be that serious. This is, none of this is worth life or death. Like, it's, it's insane. But now let's get into the happiness. What is the baby faces of the week? Uh, mine, mine is the, uh, the, the best friends, uh, for, for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that they have consistently over the last quarantine period been working their asses off with, if you count Orange Cassidy, they haven't missed a week. Oh yeah. On the, on the AEW rankings for like tag teams, uh, like they're in rank number one at nine and three. Second place is five and oh. They have worked seven more matches yeah. than the next team down. I want you to know they started below the Dark Order when at the beginning of this. And they had worked enough ma- And, like, Trent was like, yeah, there were a lot of other people that worked, you know, all that too. But, like, a lot of those people were, like, mid-card. There were a lot of jobbers that were coming in working every week, and that was good. But, like, these guys had expectations. They could have phoned it in, like, private party. Um, <laughs> oof, oof, a doofa, yeah. Listen, if it hadn't been, if it hadn't been for like some real life stuff, it would have been like private party, private party, because they've been super bad since they've they've come back. Like they yeah. just, they they took four steps back. It's been rough. Um, but yeah, they've I, been. They've I mean, really- I told you, I told you guys in in chat. My theory is that since the Bucks run the division. Everybody's like, oh, we need to put on a Bucks level match. We need to do crazy big spots like the Bucks do. And that puts an expectation. And when they try to reach that high of a level, they end up following lower than they would if they just tried a little, not tried less, but, you know, tried to do something that wasn't a Young Bucks match. 
Yeah, they're, they're trying to do too many combos. They're trying to get too fancy with it. Like, even Excalibur, like, during one of them was like, yeah, I did. I don't know what they were going for there. Didn't get all of it. No, it's just yeah, like, Excalibur, ah. the man who can make anything up on the spot, was like, I don't know. That's why I'm happy FTR's there. Because FTR is straight up not going to, literally, no flips, just fists. They are going to kind of calm things down a little bit. Yeah, but, like, so, the, the best friends become the stalwarts of the division. I'm really happy about that. They've been really entertaining and, like, upbeat, yet also intense. Uh, for some reason, Chuck Taylor's now wrestling in a in a sleeveless t-shirt, so I don't know if, like... I like that. I like that aesthetic for Chuck. My favorite addition to their moveset, and I think they started doing this before quarantine, though, is still Trent getting whipped into a barricade. And then just fucking, like, shooting out of a cannon and spearing the person directly in front of him. They, uh... I forget what they did this week, but I think, that, like, the person went around in the corner. Or, like, Dustin whipped him around and, like, then... Oh, no, he Irish whipped him into the spear. Oh, On the that's outside. That's, that's just... It's like, oh, that guy's... He's dead. He's mm-hmm. dead now. Uh, yeah, well, no, it's my- been... It's been good. I look forward to them. I think at Fighter Fest... When, wherever that takes place. It was originally apparently supposed to take place in the UK, but you know. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't doubt if they did them versus Kenny and... Uh, yeah, because Ke- Ke- Kenny and Hangman are facing Kip and Jimmy next week. And that's probably just to be like, yeah, here are the tag team champions again. Here's them yeah. against this relatively new... Yeah, they're going to they're gonna figure that out. And then, I'd have them like, maybe drop to best friends, best friends to FTR next year's double or nothing FTR versus Bucks for the title. Yeah, because you gotta after all the work they put in and how like reliable they've been. Yeah, as you as Excalibur it. as Excalibur says, you've got to give the people what they want. They want. Uh, well, my uh, my baby face of the week is a man who should never be considered a baby face, and that's MJF and Jungle Boy. For putting on the most beautiful, classical, old-school match I've ever seen in my entire life. Jungle Boy still got to get his fun, flippy shit in. MJF got to heal it up the entire time. And, like, it's one of those matches that was just perfect old-school wrestling. Which was coming from, like, two 22-year-olds. Like, two youngins went out there and outdid... Cody and Lance, they outdid... I'll, I'll say they outdid Brody and uh, Mox. Brody and Mox had a great match, but MJF and... Uh, it's like a couple years ago when Hangman... I think it was Hangman Abushi, maybe? At one of the Supercard of Honors? And they ended up putting on the match of the night, but it was also like... I can't tell you what happened, but I just need you to know it was a fucking quality uh, great match. Abushi moonsaulted off the... The balcony at wherever the fuck they were. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I remember, yeah, now that you bring that up, yeah, because that was the card that um, had Kenny Cody on it. That was Yeah, fucking... Kenny Cody. But still, Hangman decided to kill it. Hangman decided to be the best person there. And that's what they were. They came out and they put on the great match. And, it, like, here's how I know a great match. Is if any, because in that match, everyone was like, MJF is winning this. MJF is undefeated. But th- there was that inkling that happened where I was like, Jungle Boy might get this. They might pull a Jungle Boy, the man who barely ever wins anything, beating the undefeated person. And any match that can make you believe that is a great match in my book. Yeah, they New Japan'd you. 
Yeah, <laughs> they New Japan it. That's, um, that's every every time you watch like a like a New Japan Cup match or like another thing. It's like, is this? Are they? Are they doing? Is 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 Yoshihashi gonna win a match? What? <laughs> especially like during the G one where you're just like, it's Toro, it's, it's Yano. Uh, fuck. Is he gonna? Is he gonna beat Mox? Oh no, he did beat Mox. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, of, of of like we have this uh, this young boy with his first the first thing he's going up against the the number one and you get like midway through it and you're just like holy shit he might pull it oh okay he got destroyed but he had me going there for a minute <laughs> yeah, exactly oh wait uh, FMA says get ready for New Japan empty arena shows are they running empty arena now nope the company has come out uh, freaking Harold Meiji has come out and said that uh, they won't do it because it'll dilute their brand and their product they refuse to do it until august whenever there can be people there so the president yeah. of the company has come out because uh I, I think tama was on instagram or something talking about like well we can't do anything in japan but america's open so where would you guys like to see us wrestle so i know that was a possibility for a few but i i do much prefer that is the most new japan response of all time which is like yeah no fuck you Fuck you, we're New Japan. We are the we are the filet mignon of professional wrestling. You're gonna wait to get this from us. Well, into the Respect. show. I that's sh- why they that's why they still get my ten dollars every month, even though I haven't watched it since the quarantine started. Yeah. Well, now I want to talk about something that's not a heel or a face. I like to call it a tweener, and it is the stadium stampede match, which I guess can be our end of show discussion because it is. It was a great match, but I'm very curious how someone who's not a fan of the Elite would react to it. To me, it was a very polarizing match, even though I was like, oh, I love it. But there's a weird spot where, like, Matt's doing the, uh, like, the railroad fucking suplex, and he starts on one side of the football field and then does it to Sammy all the way down to the other side of the football field. There's a moment where. actually do it or do they cut? It's a cut. So, like, because uh, Nick's fighting Jericho and fucking just throwing footballs at him. And so they'd cut to that, cut back. He's at, like, the 50-yard line suplexing. And then finally he gets to the end and uh, suplexes him into the end zone. And Matt jokingly starts, like, celebrating. And Knox is there. And Knox is like, excessive celebration. Flag on the call, and then Matt super kicks him in the face, which was very satisfying to see a Rick Knox super kick on fucking public pay-per-view. It was very good. But it was such a weird, like, it's the thing that worries me when it comes to the Elite, is there are so many, like, inside jokes and goofy things they do, like Hangman Page riding a horse into a football field and then into the arena and then getting off of it and going to a bar where it's like, oh no, we get that. But someone watching for the very first time, I don't know. I don't know if other people would. AEW is aware that the people buying their pay-per-view, their $50 pay-per-view are not first time people. Yeah, I could see that, but I'm, I'm worried about it going too much because the bugs no, this you... was this is no i'm pretty sure this was the fucking pinnacle yeah, this i'm pretty wasn't. sure they're not gonna go anywhere up from here they were just being like okay we're gonna like we're, this was basically the payoff for the people that were kind enough to watch all of quarantine shit yeah basically i mean it was the build-up of 
basically since Dynamite started. Like, the minute the Inner Circle came out was the minute you knew, oh, this is building up to them versus the Elite. And then Cody just... we never got blood or guts. And then Cody said, I'm gonna fuck off for a few, you guys. Okay, put Matt Hardy in, then I guess. Let's put Matt... That is, like... Listen, that's the... The private pool of reincarnation... That was great. Like, the moment they started drowning him, I'm like, he's about to come up as someone completely different. And like, V1. The only thing that made me mad... Matt Fax came back. Yeah. The only thing that made me mad, I wish he had started as traditional Matt Hardy and then came out of the Lake of Reincarnation as broken Matt Hardy. That was very, very good. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it was a great match. It was just... I'm, I'm very always conscious of, like, what would somebody watching this for the first time be like? And absolute, I think they would think it was absolute dog shit. And that is not to offend them. They put on the best match that they wanted to make, but also, eh, this was the pinnacle, as you said, of shit that goes way too far. I didn't see it. I haven't, I'm not paying $50 for anything in this climate. I mean, uh, <laughs> in this economy? Yeah, I would watch it for Jungle Boy MJF, um, cause the best friends versus private party was rough. It was, it, I it mean was, it. It was also free. That, oh, that's right. That one was free. Uh, MJF, uh, Jungle Boy is very good. Brody versus, uh, Mox was very good. Stadium that was good Stam- for the fact that it had a, a non-traditional, like, wrestling ending in that he just choked a motherfucker out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, which Couldn't one? put him. Yeah. Moxley choked Brody Lee out. Am I going insane? I thought he hit... I could have sworn he hit a uh, a paradigm shift to end it, but you might be right. Nope, paradigm... Then he choked him out. Oh. <laughs> You're like, you stopped paying attention a moment before he choked a motherfucker out. Like, oh. Brody Lee was so tough, he was just like, nope, nope. And then, uh, I, I forgot, Sh- uh, Sheeta versus Nyla Rose was good. That was so good that it made me happy I missed my prediction. I was like, ah, oh, fuck that, because that was fantastic. That was the match... That put Sheeta over more than the 5 billion wins she's had in the past, is conquering Nyla Rose. Because it did feel like conquering. It did not feel like a sneak victory. It felt like like everything she did. It was like the anti-Viho match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she was cosplaying Tifa, which was fucking fantastic. Uh, but yeah, that's all I really have to say about Double or Nothing. It, it was a good pay per view. It was a good show. I, I feel like we're I'm... we're we're very sad we couldn't see it live. We had started say like we had after the WrestleMania stuff got canceled. We're like, okay, if this blows over, can we still go to Double or Nothing? And I was more cr- I was actually more crushed by the actually no I was more crushed by the WrestleMania one but the the double or nothing was like the kicking me while I was down but I was like but no I wanted to wanted to go to Vegas and not be fucking sick this time <laughs> yeah not be destroyed oh man I do like uh Mitsula who was basically our tour guide last time posted a nice thing on Twitter just showing all the fun shit he did last year and I was happy we made it on there I was very blessed oh but what did you learn this week Dylan uh I I learned that that cyberbullying is not okay and if you can use your your you know time on the internet to to make a positive influence that's what it's all about 
And when the fucking lord of the smart side is telling you to do that, you fucking do it. That means you know it's serious. Uh, And I learned that without Blake, I think Blake's the one that's causing these shows to go long. Because we've only been going for like 50 minutes. This is all Blake's fault, I guess. But of course, Blake you can find is also. Here's the thing. You and I will cut each other off and move to the next segment. Blake will just let either one of us rant. Yeah! Like, he'll just hold back the other one as we're trying to rush forward and be like, No, cut him off! Cut him off! Let's go! He even admitted he uses that time while one of us is ranting to think of his response. (laughs) Yeah. So he's just like, I can let him go another minute while I think of something to say. Yeah. So you can yell at him about that on Twitter at Blake A. Tanner, B-L-A-K-E, A. Tanner. And then, of course, check out all of his shows on the BS Network, from a load of BS to Deviant to, of course, JWF Monday Night Ignition. Also, you should go follow Chuck Taylor. I was wait. I was like, maybe Dylan will say his Twitter name this week, but no, uh-uh, no. This is the anniversary, by the way, the anniversary of, like, the first time you ever publicly announced your Twitter name, because you did it at Double or Nothing last year. Yeah, I, I miss, uh... Nothing happened with it, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's no big deal. And you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and let me on your podcast because I'm trying to set a Guinness World Record for the most podcast appearances by a single man in one year. So message me on Twitter if you want to get at me on that. And check out all the other programming online at a load of purebs.com, especially JWF Monday Night Ignition. We already know you like pro wrestling. That's why you're here in JWF Monday Night Ignition is a pro wrestling audio drama it's basically wrestling just without the visuals which actually might be important to have the visuals but eh fuck it whatever you can find that wherever you get your podcasts special thanks to Megaran for our theme song Fighters Yes, thank you. uh, Earlier this week, he was tweeted AEW like, hey, uh, if you need a theme song for All Out, hit me up. And I was this close to retweeting it and saying, yeah, we need another theme song to steal. It would mean a lot to us. You should have done that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, as always, remember to support us on Patreon. Pick up our merch at merch.alodapurebs.com. And as always, you can find us at alodapurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.alodapurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, subscribe on YouTube, and rest in power, Hanukkah Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life. <laughs>